Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of your best podcast about Iranian football, football, Golbezan podcast. My name is Pejman Pars, and I'll be your host for today. And with me, I have my two special friends and colleagues, Sina Saemian and Arya Arya Allahverdi. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Yeah, what's up, good, man? Good, yeah, good, uh, good to speak to you guys as well. Yeah, man, good to be back on. Great. So a lot of things have happened with Iranian football since we last had our podcast. Uh, the most important thing, of course, is Iran finally have a new team melee coach. And his name is Dragan Skokic. Skokic. Uh, sorry about the pronunciation. Uh, let me give you some short information about him before we, we start to know him a bit more. So... Uh, Dragan uh, is born in the you know, former Yugoslavia and you know probably in, in what is now the current Croatia, uh, Rijeka, if I'm not mistaken. He's 51 years old and he also played in uh, his team Rijeka and, uh, from 87 to 91 and from 91 to 93 he played in Las Palmas and he played a couple more clubs after that. Uh, what's interesting about him though Although he's been like a veteran in Iran, being there since 2013, he's not well known about uh, for most of the Iranian fans uh, outside of Iran. Uh, he started his Iran tour 2013 with Malavan, stayed there for like a season. And after that, he went to Fulad for 2014 until 2016. 2017, he was without a club and returned to Iranian football 2018 with Khune And after that, 2019, until just like a couple of months ago, uh, he was in Sanatinafta Abadan. And his latest uh, employer now is the Iranian national team, which he's been there for like uh, a week. Um, so, the teams he's managed in Iran are not the bigger clubs, and we will talk more about that. What he have been doing so far in those, uh, what he been until now in those small clubs, and uh, what we need to know about him, and what we can expect from him, and what we want him to do in the Iran national team. Uh, Sina, I will start off with you. Uh, how long have you known uh, Dragan, and what kind of coach is he? Um, as you said, he started his um, coaching career in Iran with, with Malavon. And he came as a bit of a surprise appointment at the time because he, I mean, I think as you um, went through his resume as well, he, he only had a, a couple of stints in the Middle East before that. But he wasn't a very well-known coach, um, but the work he did in Malavon was, was very good. I think he took them to sixth or seventh if I remember correctly, um, which was one of the highest finishes in probably when I was a kid. Um, very impressive work in Malavon at the moment. And to be honest, even after he left, they went on a slum. Uh, they're in the, uh, the, the first division now, uh, struggling to uh, to survive. But anyway, um, as you said, he, the teams that he's coached aren't well-known. Uh, the biggest job had was the Fulard job. He took over Fulard um, midway through the season, I think, um, after 
they won the league, but they won the league with Hossein Faraki in charge. They had a great team. Uh, Faraki left, and then he became the manager of Fulard, and um, he didn't have a great time. Um, they finished fifth, I think, with him, um, and then midway through the next season, he he was sacked. But I think altogether, when you look at clubs he's managed and the job that he's done. I think for Iranian football, and I mean the domestically, he's a really good coach. And I think he was unlucky in the past not to get uh, the bigger jobs. I think there was an opportunity, uh, well, a couple of opportunities for him to get the SLO job that he didn't, which I think he should have. Um, there was, again, an opportunity after Ivankovic left for him to get a first police job, and he didn't. So I think the work he's done is impressive. Um, a lot of people are referring back to the fact that we've we got a manager who was in charge of Khuneh Khuneh, for example, when you look at it in more detail, um, he took over from Nekunam uh, when they were in the first division and he only lost one game between January when he took charge until the end of the season. They missed out on promotion by one goal difference and he took the team to the cup final. So, again, it's not, a, it's not an impressive resume when you judge it by the clubs, uh, the names. But I think the work he's done has been impressive. Doesn't necessarily mean he's team-made quality, but we'll get into that uh, later in terms of where we started, you know, this time last year and, and where we are now and the chain of kind of incidents that happened uh, that has led us to be in this position. In terms of the manager and the coach that he's, he's very calm and collected. I, I, I've rarely seen him on the touchline uh, losing his cool or, or arguing, uh, arguing uh, even in the press conferences. Um, he's well respected in Iran. Um, the teams generally, if you if you watch his teams, they're very well organized. I think there's that emphasis on shape and, and organization. Um, he doesn't necessarily encourage attacking football, but doesn't necessarily encourage you know just sitting back either. Um, I think again when you judge the teams that he's had, uh, it's, it's difficult to for any coach to kind of promote attacking uh, attacking football. So it's, it's a bit of a, um, I don't want to say blank canvas, but it's it's open for him, this job now. We are probably the lowest we've been since 2010. Um, the expectations are extremely low after Wilmot. And to be honest, I think he is a better option than Wilmot, which says more about the Belgian rather than uh, Escocic. Uh, but I, I'm not as pessimistic as, as other people are. I think he has potential. He's not Carlos Kiroshi. Obviously, he wouldn't be. And he's not in the top tier uh, coaches that will be coaching in Asia in terms of the international football. Again, this is his first international job uh, that he's had. But it, but I think some of the um, kind of the negative opinions that have been said, especially uh, by the Iranian fans in the media, which I think are more... Uh, aimed at the federation rather than him, uh, but he's kind of been getting the criticism as well. Uh, I think he, he could be an okay, uh, okay uh, appointment for us. Interesting, interesting. Thanks a lot, Tina. So, Arya, you weren't a big fan of Mark Wilmots, uh, and rightfully so because he he didn't get any good results, and he was a let's say a big mess for the international team in the federation, but. Uh, are we should we be satisfied from going from Kerosh to Wilmots to Scotchich? Is that like uh, is it a decline or as uh, Sina still put it out that it's he could be good for Iran? 
What's your take? Um, I think it was Azizi who who said that in a, recently, and um, I think it's 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 it was expected anyway that we, we were going to decline from Carlos Queiroz. That was expected. Uh, we're not we're not going to get a coach of his caliber uh, in Iran ever again. Um, of course, I, I can completely understand why people would be upset that we've gone to somebody of the caliber of Scotchich, uh, especially. You know, you could consider Will Mott's coached a, a, a national team like Belgium, you know, Ivory Coast. I'm not saying they did well, but, I, you know, I, I get the argument there. But I don't think it's fair to criticise. I, I mean, I was the same thing uh, with Will Mott's. I, I didn't criticise him when he signed um, because, I, you know, you can't, you can't really. It's not fair. I think it's it's a bit it's, a, it's really unfair how much criticism Scottish is getting when when he's just signed. Like Wilmot's when he signed, people, people people were praising the federation for that signing. Not everyone, but some of the people in Iran were praising them. But now that you know we've got somebody who I think is is decent enough compared to the options we had, like Kalin Louis or Branko Ivankovic or Aidai, for example. These guys are people who probably know the football in Iran really well, but I wouldn't consider them coaches. Whereas I think uh, Mike Sina was saying. At the very least, Scotchich has done work in Iran that is can be, can be seen as respectable as for a coach. You know, he's really coached these teams, like, and that's not easy to do in Iran. That's really hard to do to take a team and just coach them and play well. That's very tough. But the fact that he's done that is respectable. I don't really, I, I can't really see uh, coaches like you know Ivankovic going to Khunebekhune and getting into the cup final. Not, I, I wouldn't really be able. I, I couldn't see him doing that. Whereas Scotland has that kind of mentality that he'll, he'll really develop players. So it is a good signing for Iran. Your question about it being a decline from Wilmots to from Carlos Kirch Wilmots is fair, but I think we have to accept that now that we're not going to get anyone of that calibre. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do, um, I, I do uh, disagree with uh, Azizi's um, point on that. Yeah, I understand. But then again, Azizi is the kind of guy that's, uh, you know, he says all kind of stuff and uh, sometimes yeah, and, and he was the guy who serious. But yeah, uh, I mean, he was he was saying in an interview that oh, like I'm 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 sorry for criticizing Kiro. She just just trying to like just trying to divert the conversation. Like he, the whole time Kiro was in charge, he was he was criticizing him. But this one time, so that he can back his own argument up. He apologizes to him so that he can say Scotland is a bad coach. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just not. It's just very. Uh, it's very shady, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so my take on this very quickly is, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what kind of coach he is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the bigger perspective here. Like, uh, after Wilmots and also Stramaconi and also Calderon. So these are three at least well-known names that left Iran in a short period of time, all due to more or less financial reasons. It, it became like a red red flag for the rest of the world. Like, even if you get a lot of money in your contract, it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day if you won't actually get the money, get the money in your account. Because I'm pretty sure that we could, uh, the national team and the federation could have uh, gotten a, a bigger name, a better name than uh, Scottish. 
somewhere in Vilmot's uh, at least fame of name would be much possible. Somebody that's been around uh, for natural teams and was like uh, well respected in that manner. Well, we can talk about if Vilmot was respected or not, but at least he had uh, trained some big clubs and he was a big name. Um, so I think those kind of people got scared. Like even if they saw Iran in the natural in the World Cup, they, they did great and was like a well organized and you know hard working team, and was like this is like a Iran could almost be like a guarantee to playing in the World Cup, and that's something every work every coach I guess dream about. Uh, so they're still not willing to take that risk because they don't know if they get any money or not. So we had to take some of the lower shells uh, of the uh, choose from them instead of the, the, the top, the, the best of the best. Not that we get the best of the best, but good names at least. Uh, we have to take them that are available in the Middle East. And that's why I believe it came down to Scottish, because we know that, as you said, the Iranians were uh, uh, available, Doyen Alenoui being the most, the, the two ones that were most interesting. And uh, I don't believe that Hashimian, Mahit Hashimian ever was like considered as a first team coach. He doesn't have the, that experience yet. So, uh, so we found someone that was free on the market and knew the Iranian football well and wasn't an Iranian. If you narrow it down to those criteria, there weren't not that many options, to be honest. And somebody that we know would accept like a tenth of what uh, Vilmots would get. According to the uh, news, I don't know if it's true or not, it was like, Three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars, something like that, and he would get them in in Iranian uh, currency, which was a, a big important part of this uh, agreement as well. Uh, so, of course, a lot of politics behind this. Just what I'm trying to say is that Scotchich was the probably the best out of the worst choices we had, in my opinion. Uh, let's move on. Sina, you said that uh, Dragan Skocic is a kind of defensive kind of coach who is uh, kind of careful. And that was what we saw in Iran. It was how Iran was in the World Cup. But Iran is now playing against you know, Cambodia and Syria and Iraq and Bahrain and you know these kind of teams, Hong Kong. Uh, how can a careful coach uh, be good for Iran then? What does he need to do to make this Iran progress? Um, it's difficult to say. I mean, I, I, as I said earlier as well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that he's a um, defensive coach, uh, but I think his emphasis is mostly on, on the organization of the team being to perform as a team uh, rather than just relying on, on, on the individuals, which may have been the case with um, with Wilmots, which is good. I think, um, especially in international football, um, you rarely see a team nowadays, apart from maybe the likes of Spain, maybe one or two or even three national teams across the world. You wouldn't really see any teams to 
go and play, for example, Tiki Taka. You know, most of the teams rely on organization, again, because coaches or managers don't really have that much time with the squads. The squads can change, uh, again, from window to window. So it's more kind of a safe option to go with just sticking to uh, kind of holding a shape, holding an organization, and then uh, relying on a, a few moves uh, that you've worked in training to to get you the goals. One thing with Scottish that I, I think would um, make him a weak candidate is his tactical uh, flexibility, which I don't think he has. Um, I, again, I've watched him in the in the last few years that he's been in the run, and he rarely changes the way he plays midway through the game. Um, so he only sticks with one way of playing. Um, you know, he doesn't really adapt to opposition, which can be a concern, especially in bigger games coming up against Iraq and Bahrain. Um, tough games, of course. Both of them are going to be in Iran, so uh, that's kind of a relief. Um, but still, I think even if we get past this stage, in the latter stages against bigger teams, he may struggle. Um, but just going back to a couple of points that you made earlier, I think uh, the, the, the salary that you mentioned is absolutely correct. And look, this Things that happened with Stramachoni, Calderon, etc. You're absolutely right. Uh, Iran is having problems paying coaches or, or players, uh, you know, similarly. But um, I think considering what happened with Wilmot, the embarrassment and the disgrace that it was, you know, you wasted millions of, of dollars on a manager who, how many games did he manage? Four, five in in six or seven months. Um, so that's one of the reasons why the Federation doesn't have a president at the moment. And that's one of the reasons why the budget was set so low. And um, I would say that it's also safe to assume that is the reason why uh, someone like Kalenoi wasn't willing to take the job and wasn't willing to leave Stefan midway through the season. I think he requested that he um, manage Iran and Stefan at the same time. And trust me, his salary would have been much higher than what Scottish is getting at the moment. So um, I think we were really left with no option, as you said, Pejman. Um, so again, it's, it's really difficult to predict anything. Um, I think the players uh, will have to help him uh, as well. He, as I said, he doesn't really have the experience. And to be honest, the coaching staff that he announced as well, um, one of them, I think, Osnick, uh, I can't remember his name, he's the one that, that's been with him uh, from Fula to, to Sanat and I think he was with him at Khuna Bekhuna as well. Um, but other than that, there's no, no outstanding names. Uh, so he'll he'll be alone, really, uh, relying on himself, Al-Shemian, and, uh, and his other assistants and the players to to get us out of uh, not just this round, but to get us through uh, the next set of qualifiers as well for the, uh, for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, uh, have you guys seen anything from the players on social media or something talking about the coach to be honest i haven't found anything and i'm sure yeah. that a lot of the legends don't don't know about him uh, please uh, let us know i think uh he did an interview recently uh talking about him because obviously he was his coach at malavon um i think he was just saying that you know uh, he was a coach who really developed him as a youngster uh then he moved to Madrid. Um, I think that he probably probably owes him a lot, to be honest. You know, because he obviously started his career. He played a lot of games in Malavon at that time for a sixteen-year-old. 
Um, I I also think that Moharami, um, who is now playing in Croatia, uh, uh, was also in that team. I don't know if he played a lot in, in Malavon, but I know he was in that team under Skocic. Um, so, you know, it's good. I think it's really important for these younger players too um, because, uh, as Sina was saying, uh, he's a, or he, he does probably seem a coach who likes to organise his team, his shape and all that. But um, alluding to the fact that we have... We have good players. We have good players now. I think we've got players who are playing well in Europe, players who are playing well in, in, in Iran, uh, younger players like Gaudi and all that. But we have to play the best players uh, under under that shape. I think that that's that's the key for for uh, for Scotchich is for him to to not go in and start playing Shojai. And you know Muhammad Mohebi, who's a great player, but again, he's not a guy who should be starting week in week out, or or month in month out. Um, we shouldn't have these players as experiments. I think he has to go in, and he's done that. He's he's been to games recently, and it's at stadiums. He's, he was at the Fulad training ground this morning. He asked. I mean, I don't know that that makes much of a difference. Fulad's not got many good players in the team, but he has to go in and find the players that he wants to play and do it under the system that he wants as soon as possible because he's got six months or le- less than six months to do that and his job is to really find that that you know that team because this is not a time to to um to experiment we've got four months five months to qualify to the world next stage of the world for the world cup qualifiers and uh this is um really important for him because uh, if he if he doesn't play for if he stop if he doesn't doesn't play for example I don't know um, someone Godus and he starts Shujai then we're gonna be you know the word for that is you know it's not I'm not gonna say it but we're gonna be badly in a really bad situation so he has to really be ready for that um, so I think the individuals are still important for Iran and I think he has to understand that we we have players that need to start. But yes, he has to focus on that on that shape as well. So hopefully he does that. And um, and I think that you know, Sina's saying about the staff. Um, so he's got a couple of um, foreign staff members and, and Hashimian. They have to all be in the same same picture. If 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 he, if exactly. Hashimian, if Hashimian is going to be the guy who just carries the coffee around like he was for Wilmot, it's not going to help. It's not going to help anyone if he's just going to stand there and do nothing. And we're gonna have Scottish on his own, and he's the only guy coaching. This national team was not built. Kirosh did not build this national team on his own. He had staff members who built this team with him, and he even said it himself. Like there was times where, where the staff wouldn't get paid, and he was he was like, "If you guys don't want to work, that's fine because it's not fair for you guys." So he, you know, he 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 understands that the team is built on a team, even the coaching staff, and if we don't have that and. Wilmot's really thought that we just had you know a couple of star players and we'll just play them and we'll win all the games. It doesn't work like that. We have to play the best players in every position. And um, that's it. That's that's the only way to get it done. What we can see also now that uh, Scottish is doing some really smart things now to get the fans and the people on his side, which is costs him nothing but gains a lot of respect. Uh, during like this 
last few days, he has been really active, as you said, visiting Fulad, going to uh, being active in Iran, uh, watching games, going to, to the clubs, talking to players. Although, I don't know how, let's say, how smart or how good that is, because like most of our starting 11 now today are legionaries, plays outside of Iran. But uh, maybe that's what Hashemian is for, like uh, keeping in contact with the players in Europe uh, and uh, he will be in Iran. And that's maybe something uh, also one of the reasons that uh, he, they, they chose him because he actually lives in Iran. I don't know if he can speak any Persian, but uh, he should after like seven years in Iran. But uh, these, these kind of coaches usually uh, always work around with a, uh, with a translator. But uh, anyways, uh, if we talk a little bit more about the Legionnaires, because those are actually the, the important players of the national team now, even if we have some good youngsters coming up here and there, or, as you said, Qaidi, and we have Mohabi and a couple more players, those players are not the ones that we should depend on to qualify for the World Cup. It's players such as, uh, I'm going to mention a couple of players that have been really, doing really well in, in, in Europe. Kaveh Zahi, and once again, back in Charleroi and scoring hat-trick over hat-trick, being amazing. Uh, also in Charleroi, Ali Qolizadeh, a regular now, a starter. Uh, he plays every week, uh, more or less 90 minutes. In uh, Portugal, which, which is like the second country of Iranian football players now, we have Amir Abedzadeh playing in, in the goal again for Maritimo. We have Mehdi Taremi doing wonders with uh, his club, Riyave. We have Mehrdad Mohammadi playing in bottom club, uh, Aves, but score, he's been scoring a lot of goals and he's being praised a lot. Uh, and uh, also his uh, other brother, brother Mirad Mohammadi, he's uh, become a regular starter for Ghent, uh, the second team in, in Belgium. Like, and this is just a couple of the players. I haven't even men- mentioned Al-Jaj Bak, who's like coming back now, getting some playing time in, in the Premier League. I haven't even mentioned Sadar Osmoon because the Russian uh, league is like on a winter break now. Uh, and we have uh, Majid Hussein in Trabzonspor and a lot of more players. Um, how important, guys, this, this question is for both, both of you. Uh, how important will the team spirit be with Skocic? Uh, because we all know that that was something that was, was really important and crucial for Carlos Kairos, having these players working together and being a unit. How important is that for Scottish and how how will he even manage to make them like this, this strong team again? What Kairos had with the players wasn't built um, you know, over a year even. Um, if you go back and if you see the teams that he had at the beginning where he started and the kind of the, the I'd say the overturn in the squad, you know, the number of plays that kept coming and going for him to finally find that right balance. Um, unfortunately, Scottish doesn't have that um, kind of uh, opportunity right now, although he has a better squad of players. But again, what Kairos did leave was uh, leave a good, strong um, foundation 
you know, so it doesn't necessarily need to use every uh, 23 players that Kirish was using, no. But as long as you've got a solid, I'd say, 10, 12, 13 players, um, you know, keep that backbone of the team, the same backbone of the squad, uh, not necessarily just the starting lineup. Because again, um, if you go back to the Kirishes, we used to see the likes of Shojoi, Dejaga similarly being in every single squad and maybe not necessarily playing every minute or, or even appearing uh, in a game during a uh, international window. So it's, it's really important for him to, to have that as well. Um, I'd say at the moment, it's the, the, the most important thing for him is to find his strongest 11 and just make sure that he do the job on the pitch for the time being. Because again, there's, there's no point think, thinking, you know, the bigger picture if he can't win the next two to four games. Um, so again, it's, it's, he needs to sit down, analyze the players. Uh, obviously, in training, he'll get to know them better. But even right now, he needs to have a good idea of what formation he wants to play, um, what plays is he going to use, and then in training, obviously, you can have that bit of variety. You know, maybe a player dropping out or coming in, but uh, for him to go into uh, you know uh, the the international break without kind of with um, no uh, kind of uh, ideas, I think it would be incorrect. And uh, again, it might be an assumption, but I'd, I'd say he already knows. Uh, he already knows what he wants to play, who he wants to play. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem playing four-three-three like Kairos did, or playing four-four-two, as long as he gets results and as long as there is uh, chemistry and it, and it works. Um, then, then I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I mean, I, I want to just. Um... Obviously, like you know, we're, we're saying about the best players having to play in each position. I'm just going to walk through it. Like, look, look at the who's the best goalkeeper of Iran just now. You know, I think I think you've got you know three or four keepers who are in contention, but the best one is Bayron Van. I think he has to stay. Simple as that. You know, and then you go to left back. The only left back we have that I think is valuable to this national team is Mirad Mohamedi. Um. Uh, the right back position is also one that's quite, quite, uh, you know, one that one is quite uh, competitive, but uh, not really at the same time because you've got two people, uh, two players, Roman Rizalian and Gafuri, who are now in their thirties. Um, a lot of people who will, will support the two players from Persepolis and SLL, obviously, um, but truthfully, I think you have to look at. Who is currently in form? Who is currently playing at a high level? Who is, you know, and I think, you know, um, rightfully so, Moharami is playing in, in Croatia. He's playing for Dynamo Zagreb, which are a, a Champions League regular. He's starting for them now. He, he has to get considered. I think it, it was a real shame that we almost didn't even, like, call him up. Uh, it was just, like, absolutely baffling. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, you know, look at look at who we've got there. How can someone impact the game? I think he's got that ability to do that. Uh, two centre backs, I think for me, very simply, it's it's Pirelli Ganjin and Hosseini. The fact that Kanoni kept playing was very strange for me because he wasn't really that good. Like, I, I was quite surprised that he kept playing. I, and, I, and I'm not saying Hosseini or Pirelli Ganjin were that good either, but you've got to just stick with it. I, I think he was just trying to be a bit more. I, I genuinely think he was trying to impress the fans a bit. Like I think he was trying to impress the fans, like by oh look at look at I'm playing one of your domestic players. Like mate, just play the best players, man. Like 
that would really it really annoyed me how he kept trying to do that. Or oh, I'll play with I play more heavy. Or oh, look, I play I played a young player from Iran. No, don't play the young player. We want to see the best players play. Um, and then you got midfielders like Omi De Brahimin or Lahir doing really well. Um, Ali Kanimi is doing okay for Esther Lallet as well. It's a shame that Ezatullah he's doing nothing in, in Belgium because he obviously he's a player who played so well in the Perros. Um and hopefully someone Godus comes back as soon as possible. I think he's a really key player now. He it was it was really tough for him under under Kairos. couldn't get him in the team for some reason. I think it was tough for him to kind of come out of that shell and say, "Oh, I, I want to change the system and play someone Godus." But I think it's time for him to start the national team. I think wingers, you've got Jalan Bash, Kodi Zadeh, Mirad Mohammadi, Tarim, you can play out wide. You've got lots of players. Qaid, you could come in possibly, but I think you know the, the best two in the last five, six years have been Jalan Bash and Tarim. I think th- those two are very, very critical for our, for our team. And the best striker is Osmond. It's simple as that. Uh, I think that as, as long as we start playing the best players, we, we will do well. I mean, when we had like Nadiri come on and say against against Iraq, and then we had Kalani in defence, we had uh, Shojahi and Mohebi in the sort of midfield. It was just crazy, like really strange, and uh, that's never going to get us anywhere if we keep playing players who are just not valuable to the team. So, yeah, I really hope this is uh, something like Scottish is, is is focusing on with his with his staff. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so, what can we expect now? Uh, we have this is what's what's worrying me. Uh, besides being an Iranian football fan, which is always you know worrying, is that uh, Iran is having two kind of easy games now, at least on the paper, like Hong Kong and Cambodia, uh, which is something like probably our domestic players even would would win that game without the the pros. But uh, anyways. We don't, at the moment, have any friendly games scheduled before those games. Even if we were used to that, uh, we at least uh, back in the days, like a couple of years ago, uh, we had friendlies before the uh, the World Cup qualifiers. At least one, maybe two even. It's always like uh, some countries from the Persian Gulf or... Uh, maybe Syria again, or Uzbekistan, Qatar, none of them are now scheduled to play. So it's really, it's really unfair to the new head coach to just throw him in, throw him in this, like, this dragon's den almost and just say, okay, this is 23 players that you need to make sure that they work together. There are a lot of big egos here, although you've been working in Iranian football, you know maybe how to handle them, but these are the best of the best and the, maybe the biggest of the biggest egos. How would you handle that? And how would you know who to play and how to play them when you haven't seen them play in an actual natural team, uh, a natural game uh, under your eyes, under your coaching? Uh, so but you know it's hong kong it's cambodia it's okay i mean if we don't get any points against them then why should we even talk about how world cup will be let's just see it from the tv then uh so i think dragon scottish knows about all of this 
he knows the state of Iranian football. So maybe he won't get stressed that uh, there won't be a friendly game just unless until one week before and then it will be like Syria or maybe the under 23 Iranian national team or something like that. Uh, he will have to roll with the Federation's incompetent handling of the national team, of, of its business, and out of that create something good. And as Sinev mentioned, it seems like that's what he's been doing so far with small teams, small, not in that, as in uh, uh, having no fans, because both Fulad, Malavano, they have a big fan base. Small in uh, uh, their budget, small in the possibilities to have big players, small in that they, you don't expect none of these clubs to actually be a title contender or get in the cup final or anything like that. Uh, so maybe that mentality can do well for the national team, but national team there are some demands everybody's demanding that iran goes to the next round and from there more or less we're demanding to be a part of the world cup 2022 uh, so i believe that dragon's coaches have a lot of a lot to win and also a lot to lose and that's the risk I believe he knows that he's, he's taking and which he can grant him like major success and which can open new doors for him. Uh, am I right? Am I wrong? What do you guys think? Absolutely. And um, No, I agree with you, Fejman. I think, as you said, that the friendly thing is a, is a big issue and he always has been. He always has been with, uh, with the national team. I think obviously the circumstances that he's coming in is unfortunate. I think what's going on just generally in the Federation at the moment is chaotic, more chaotic and hectic than it usually is. Um, they could have made this appointment earlier to give him more time. I think even if you don't necessarily um, have any friendlies lined up, I think when you know, for example, three months in advance that you have two big, you know, World Cup qualifiers, maybe you have time, more time to plan. More time to go and watch players, to speak to players, to build relationships. Um, but I think, again, it's, it's unfortunate for him. But look, he, he, he mentioned it earlier uh, as well, that it's a huge honour for him to, to manage Iran. And it really is. It, this is the biggest challenge he's had. It's the biggest opportunity. Um, I think he wasn't expecting to get it. And I still don't believe that in terms of ability, he's, he is what we need. But I mentioned it earlier as well. Uh, considering the circumstances and the situations that we've been in, obviously after Wilmot's uh, and where we are at currently, it's probably the best that we can find. Um, could have been worse, but again, it's, it's definitely not ideal either. Um, all we can do now is uh, support him, and this is from me, who, uh, you know, you, I think at the beginning of, of the conversation, Pejman, you were talking about uh, the criticism that. Wilmot was getting, and I was one of the ones who, who was saying straight away that this guy is not right for us, which I, I understand people want to show support for any new manager coming in, but you know, when you know he's strong, uh, then, you know, you've, you've got to speak up. And with this guy, I think um, 
we can't really expect too much of him, but at the same time, he I think he he has the potential uh, to surprise us. But the play, as I said earlier, the players will definitely need to help him as well. I think one thing that's really strange about Iranian football that always, always, um, you know, it's just strange because a lot of the things that happen in Iranian football that are major happen off the pitch, and it's like it's almost as if the national team isn't even a isn't even a football thing. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not on the pitch. It's always off the pitch. Everything's happening off the pitch. It's always the federation. It's always the, you know, the the sporting ministry. It's always someone um, who's retired who's speaking in the media. It's always on Instagram and on Twitter and whatnot. It's never on the pitch. Like we're not we're not getting enough friendlies to speak about matches. We're not getting enough high high level football in the league to speak about it. You know, it's it's everything's happening off the pitch, and that that's why everyone's so excited about the, the foreign players, the foreign based players, because they play regularly and we get to see them all the time. But we don't get to see high quality Iranian football. And obviously, I'm not saying we're fantastic as a nation, but we don't get to see it enough. We don't get to see our pitch being, you know, blessed by Jalen Bash and Tarami regularly enough and I think it's a shame like that we have to keep on speaking about the federation making bad decisions bad decisions and doing this and making choices and all that I just want to see us play well like how hard is that to, to ask we don't have a bad team like genuinely if you look at most of the national teams in um in Asia we're probably one of the better we are the one of the, we are one of the better ones and we can yeah, we have fair points, fair points. We have to be beating uh, Bahrain and Iraq at home. Simple as that. Like we should be beating them very easily if you look at it, just player for player, you know. And under Scottish could beat a team like Bahrain, you know, pretty. I think he's got the coaching ability to beat Bahrain, for example. Like, come on, man. Like it's it's not that hard. Just beat them, man. You got just you got eleven players who are playing in Europe. Just play them and beat them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, we we hope we hope. You are right, and uh, hopefully we'll see Iran yeah. advance to the next uh, round. Move on to okay. the Twitter questions then. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about them. Thank you all for uh, following us at Golbezan on Twitter. So uh, we let's start with uh, Tamoro at Tamoro9. He or she is wondering what's going on with our midfielders in uh, Open in uh, Belgium. He says, uh, or she, I continue to wonder if despite his immense raw talent, if Eza Toloi is the right guy for Team Ali. Uh, what's Scottish typical use of midfielders like? I think, I think uh, Eza Toloi is a great footballer. I think he, he showed that at the World Cup. But I think he's got too many distractions off the pitch. I think he's, um, you know, the typical... Typical thing that happens to young players that they come, they do really well, they're really talented, but they just don't see it. Everyone else sees it, but he doesn't see it. And I think that he has to just get a grip of himself and and really um, push on. I mean, the fact that he wasn't starting last week when Omid Ibrahimi was was suspended or injured or whatever, and he didn't start, and a a defender started in this position, and that's a big, big, it's just terrible for him. And, yeah, you know, I, we'll I don't see, even we'll think I don't even think that Ezatolo should be called up to the national team. No, okay. I don't think. I don't know. I think Aaron today, today, no. Time. If he gets like regular game time in the next three, four months, then maybe. But at the moment, no way. Like no chance. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the only thing I'd, I'd say on Ezatolo is 
if we're not careful, we'll have another case of Ali Reza Hayri on our hand, where we're talking about a player who uh, still, at the age of, what is he, 23, uh, I think, still hasn't played a full season for any club. Um, I think he was great for Team Ali as, uh, as Arya said as well. But he needs to he needs to play regularly, and whatever is going on off the pitch or in his head, he needs to sort out because that talent is going to waste. And as Pejman exactly. said as well, he, he shouldn't he shouldn't be called up if he's not playing. Yeah, and on the other hand, Omid Ebrahimi is playing every week. Yeah, so I'm I'm really impressed about his work ethics, and I didn't believe that he will uh, be this successful in in Europe. So all kudos to him. He should definitely be be called up. Uh, okay, next question is from uh, Ali underscore Kazemi21. His name is Ali. So, uh, very short, Sina. Do you think Iran will go to World Cup 2022 and should Kaveh Rezaib be a starter? And, yeah. Um, can I say maybe to both? <laughs> um, of course. I, I don't know, I'd say maybe to both, yeah. I think it's obviously on the World Cup, it's still a possibility and it will remain a possibility. And cover as well, he shouldn't be a starter ahead of Osmond. But if Scotty can find a way to play them both in a uh, in a four four two, then absolutely. Yeah. And the next question about from Ali uh, have already been ans- answered by Arya. Uh, will Sadiq Maharami uh, be called up under a Croatian coach finally? Well, we don't know that, but we know that. Uh, better Arya, be. Better, better be. be. Yeah. He's, he's the only coach for Rijeka. Like, he should be calling up the guy who could play for the better team than the team he coached for. Like, come on. Yeah. Let's continue. MS the Gooner at Mohammed 62670312. A classic troll account number. But sorry, uh, we know you're not because you have been so friendly and asked several questions. So, the first question is what is coach's coaching style? That we, we have answered that, I believe. If we believe that OID will get will or should get called up, I do believe that. Uh, just to show, for several reasons. First of all, he's been doing really great in the in the league. Secondly, uh, since he knows the Iranian league very well, he knows uh, what to expect from these players, and we know that it's Iran is a hard league to to score in. Uh, there could be several reasons, maybe bad. Uh, offensive play, good, good defenders, bad pitches, whatever. But it's not a league where you score a lot of goals, which they have been doing so far. Uh, he says that he's a Persepolis fan, but love that kid. Uh, next question from Mohammed as well. Uh, it's not a question. It's, it's more talking about Qaidi uh, in the U23s that flopped so bad at the Asian Cup this year. Uh, I think he means the, the World Cup. Yeah, Asian Cup, yeah, the Olympic qualifiers. But uh, he says, you know, he was not, never confident with Estili at the helm. That's another topic in question, the, the mismanagement of the, the Olympic squad. Is it now 42 years, something like that? 44 years without Iran in the Olympics? It's, it's a shame. Alfie the Wolf. Great name. <laughs> um... Should any new players be added to the roster of the team, Ali, at this point? Or should Skocic stick with the same players for the next four games? Uh, we have kind of answered that. But if we were to take in new players, who would you guys take in? You can choose one player each. 
Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, from the last squad that Wilmot's called up, there was quite a lot of players that weren't in it that should have been, like Jalen Bash wasn't in it. Uh, obviously, Maharami wasn't in it. Um, I think also Mehtad Mohammadi wasn't in it. So, yeah, I think those three. Uh, but obviously, I've, I've had to pick one. I think Mohammadi should be starting. So, I think, yeah, he should be in it. Yeah, maybe he's talking about that or maybe he's talking about players that never have been added to the rooster, like newcomers. Oh, um, uh, I, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, Qaidi, but like, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't think there should be anyone that's like, you know, like, oh, like, let's call up some randomer from Fulad Khosistan. No, that's, that's not what we want, what we need. Yeah, so Qaidi seems like the, the closest one for me, to be honest, but... I don't know. Oh, what you say I to... think uh, the one that I've been like pushing quite a lot recently has been Iman Salimi from Teraktor, the centre back. I think he's one that could be considered uh, as an option because I think we we're lacking that position. So I think yeah, he's probably the one I would I would uh, call, say you should be called up. Yeah, I think Qaidi um, is a good shout again. He's he, I think he's joint or second top goal scorer and he's got what seven or eight assists. That's amazing. So you should definitely be given a chance. Um, Iman Salim is an obvious one as well. Another one who I think has been under the radar, impressive in the in, in the league in the past uh, few years has been Hossein Muradman, who plays for Shahrukh Khodro, centre back. Who again, if we do end up having central uh, defender problems again, not necessarily for a starter, but you know uh, for a chance to be in the squad, I think he's a, he's a name to be uh, to be looked at too. But I think, uh, again, uh, if we talk about the players who sometimes get invited, I think Nur Afghan should, should definitely be involved. Um, we short in numbers in central midfield. He's a player that I've always liked, and I think with above experience, he can be useful for Team Melu for many years to come. Great. Okay, guys, so what we know is that the 26th of March and 31st of March, Iran are playing two important World Cup qualifier games. 26th home against Hong Kong and 31st away in Cambodia. Uh, two games that Iran should definitely be winning with a large margin of goals. Uh, so, once again, I would like to thank everybody that is joining us on Twitter, uh, talking to us, uh, following us, uh, and keep posting your questions uh, interact with us we love to talk to you guys and thank you Sina thank you Aria for always your splendid thoughts and ideas and hopefully we wish a speedy way to the World Cup qualifiers next round hey this is Arash Markazi from ESPN and you're listening to Golbezat your one stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news <laughs>